Good morning, y'all. I hope your days are well. Tomorrow's Friday. Friday is upon us. Um, today is the 6th, so we're just going to go right on into it. Proverbs chapter 6. I got my brother Yared with me today. You want to say hi, Yared? Hello. Hello. Good morning. We're going to read the word today. He came uh, straight out of Sodom and Gomorrah, a.k.a. Austin, Texas, um, to come out here and uh, hang out with us. All right. Chapter 6. Father God, we humbly come before you. We praise you and thank you for blessed days and blessed ways, Father. Your word says that you don't like vain and repetitious prayers. It says if any of you need a prayer, pray this prayer. So we're going to pray that prayer that Jesus told us to pray. I don't feel like we pray it enough. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, so Proverbs chapter six. <clears throat> Get some of this good coffee in real quick. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyelids, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and one as an armed man." Man, proverb a day keeps the foolishness away for sure. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart, he deviseth mischief continually, he soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Oh, that's a big one right there. My son, keep thy father's commandments, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it will lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the reproofs of instruction are the ways of life. 
to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. That ain't no lie. Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his fire in his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals, and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth in unto his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy, satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound in dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though he, thou givest many gifts. Man, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And this Bible, from beginning to end, speaks so much on the coming of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Um, it's definitely going to be something unimaginable, honestly. Yesterday we read Matthew 24 and 25. Um, he who endures to the end shall be saved. We have started to unravel the mysteries of God. Um, as we move towards the mystery of God uh, that Paul speaks about throughout all of this, and then the, in Revelation, they actually reveal it. But this morning, this morning, we're going to read 1 Timothy. Would you like to read the first chapter, Yard? Yeah. Yard. Okay. Chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, our hope, to Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which causes disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, from a sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good, and if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for righteous person, 
but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly, for the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there are any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithfully, putting me into the ministry. And although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. I will say in that list that I fall in that list as well. Every one of us do, brother. You know what I noticed? Because uh, I read the old King James and a lot of my brothers read the new King James. The King James doesn't talk about sodomite as much. Um, but the Bible clearly differentiates homosexuality and sodomy. And I guess I never really noticed that before. Well, now you know. I'm going to continue. Go ahead. Verse 15. Okay. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, mm -hmm. having faith and a good conscience, with some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenus and an Alexander, whom I deliver to Satan, that they may not be that they may not, sorry, that they may learn not to blaspheme. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, and for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and holiness. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that man is Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Amen. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and I lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and variety. Verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh godliness, but which becometh woman, but which becometh woman professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in subjection, learn in silence with all subjection. For I suffer not a woman to 
teach, nor to assert her authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with sobriety. This is, what is yours say for verse 15? Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. That King James hardcore pushes that soberness, soberness, soberness. And when we look back at what he's, it's always talking about self-control in context. Um, and this is just something that the religiousness of the churches have pushed for so many years is complete and outright um, sobriety. Now, I'm not speaking against sobriety. I think sobriety is a great thing. If, if someone um, wants to abstain completely and never have a glass of wine, or never drink a beer. I think the, the word of sobriety is too vague and it kind of umbrellas other things. I think self-control is a better form of use because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, self-control. Yeah, yeah temper. It's, it's definitely a way better translation because if we go back to actually what it says, it's actually well, I get, speaking... I need to get this in writing, what you just said. It's actually speaking um, on, on sober-mindedness versus sobriety and abstination. It's talking about sober-mindedness in waiting for the Lord and not being asleep in this world yeah. and caught up in the affairs of this life. But we've taken that and we've run with it. And that's what this podcast is for because we don't want any opinions. We don't want any agendas. We don't want to push anything um, that's religious. We want to read this Bible and we want to unravel and make God not a mystery anymore. We want to let let God speak for himself just Amen. by reading the Bible. Let God be true and every man made a liar. You want to read three or you want me to read? I can read it. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good word. Or a lookout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just said. There's another thing that the, our Bibles have done is they've created these offices and these uh, authority positions um, like bishops and deacons when they're actually just lookouts or overseers and servants. Yeah. They're not even actual positions over anybody. A bishop <laughs> then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of go. good behavior, hospital, hospitable, 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 and Oklahoma education, <laughs> able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well having his children in submission with all reverence. Mm -hmm. For if a man does not know how to rule his own home, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach. The world, everybody and outside the body the of Christ. the snare of the devil. Correct. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to too much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with pure conscience. But let these also first be tested. Let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. 
Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own households. Houses well, sorry. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Mm. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Amen to that. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I think we do live in a time that we see a lot of uh, Christian leaders that have been in the church um, for so long, maybe worship leaders specifically, that are stepping away and forsaking Jesus Christ. Um, there was a big, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know all these big Christian names. I don't follow churchianity. But there was a guy that was, uh, what's that? Big, huge church that does the big worship stuff. Not building. Building for it, not building for it. Hillsong? It was Hillsong. It was Hillsong. And he was one of the main, like, senior worship pastors or something. Um, He just gave up this year. Just gave up and renounced his faith, dude. There's a lot of them, though. There's a lot of uh, big, big Americanized churches, uh, leaders that are doing that because they don't have the truth. Exactly. They don't have the truth and they see what's going on around them. Being, and led, being led by man instead of led by God. Exactly. Exactly, man. We live in a time where being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus Christ are just two different things now. Yep. And that's what we want to be. We want to be disciples of Jesus. We're living in the end times. Yeah, yes, we are. Verse 2. First Timothy 4, 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy... Speaking about the end of times, because he says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, or the end of times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and teachings of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Wow. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness profiteth unto all things, having, having promise of the life that now is and that of which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. All exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. We trust in the living God 
who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to teaching. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy of the laying of hands above the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the teaching, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Faith come by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows who are really widows. That's weird. Some widows, because if you're a widow and you go out there and you start, uh, you jump into another relationship, Uh uh, then you're not a widow. The Bible specifically says a widow is above 60 years old. Um, A husband of one man uh, washed the feet of the saints, was definitely always serving the Lord. In that, the church can take in a widow and take over um, and support that widow. But if that widow has become wanton and is in other relationships and doing other things, then therefore she is not really a widow. When you say wanton, I think about soup. I don't think about it. Uh, well, wanton just means um, um, sin. It's just... I'm just a fat guy. Uh, <laughs> well, check it out. What is the definition of wanton? It says growing profusely, luxuriant, deliberate or unprovoked. It's it's immorality what it is in every every sense of the word. But if any widow... Has children. Sorry, guys. We're reading to, uh, chapter five. I should have said that. First Timothy five four five four. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home, and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone, trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Responsibility. Do not let a widow there it is. 60 years old be taken into the number. And not unless she has been the wife of one man. See, I love how the Bible just explains itself. Because I didn't pull that out of my butt, you guys. That explanation about widows. It's in here. I don't think I've ever read this. (laughs) But I've read the Bible. Yeah. And that's the beauty, dude. That's the quote-unquote mysteries. Is that we... We read this all the time, but we don't ever actually get it. It's because for so many years we were bred and taught to read the Bible um, like it was almost unreachable. Yeah. But now we know if we just read this thing in full in context and we read it over and over, disciplined, chasing Jesus and not the church, 
man, that's when he starts to teach us and talk to us. And you're just like, oh, bro, did you see what that said? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll read number nine again. Yeah. Do not let a widow under 60 years be taken into the number, and not, and not unless she has been with one man, been the wife of one man, well reported for good works. If she brought, has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but refused the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Did you see that wanton word in there? I did. <laughs> Therefore, I thought of soup again. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them. Do not let the church be burdened that it may relieve those who are really widows. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sending rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. I charge you, therefore, before God, and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect <clears throat> angels what the heck? and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice doing nothing with partiality do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins keep yourself pure no longer drink only water but use a little wine for your stomach's sake yes sir and your frequent infirmities. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, <clears throat> that the name of God and his teaching not be blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are children, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the teaching which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions with strifes and words, whereof cometh envy, strife, rallyings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment 
is great gain. We always hear that cleanliness is next to godliness. And all, and so many people believe that. Like To this day, I can't tell you how many people that blindly believe, well, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? I mean, it's in the Bible. No, it's not. Just like come as you are is nowhere in the Bible, anywhere. Me and Brother Eric one day spent an hour, hour and a half looking through the whole, trying to find that. It's not there. There's so many lies that were told to us that we have to undo these lies. We have to unchurch. We have to break up this foundation that we've been laid on, which is a, 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 a foundation. People, of people wonder why there's no power in the church. Anymore. Yeah, because your, your, your foundation is based on the traditions of man. When we need a foundation that's built on the apostolic teachings because they got them straight from Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are like, well, those are the apostles, they weren't Jesus. But these were the guys that God gave the word to to give to us yeah. and to give us the priorities that we should have in our lives, to give us the uh, instructions to run our church and to live our life in this world. But instead, we like to explain the word of God away so much and we make him a mystery. But what the Bible actually says is, but godliness with contentment is great gain. God wants us to be content in all things. He said, get your joy in me. Don't get your joy out of that steak. Don't get your joy out of that sexual satisfaction with your wife. Get your joy out of me. Because if you are eating a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a ribeye steak with a baked potato and some asparagus and it's perfectly cooked, you are the same in both situations. You are satisfied just as much with that peanut butter and jelly sandwich as you are with that ribeye steak because you don't get your joy out of the food that you eat. You get your joy out of Jesus Christ. And that is how we are supposed to live our lives, that our joy comes 100% from him. So that way, when our joy 100% comes from him, because he'll never leave us empty, he'll never leave us unsatisfied, he'll never leave us shallow, he'll never leave us or forsake us, Specifically, that's what Hebrews says. So if all these things, if we just count on Him for all of these things, then we'll never be disappointed in this life. That's the problem. We have got to stop putting our everything into things that are temporary. They don't last forever. Only God does. And even the church does this. It puts all of its... It's, it's settling for a kingdom now. When this Bible says this, this kingdom is this world is not my world. My kingdom is not here. If that was true, my people would fight for my kingdom. But my kingdom is yet to come. Our kingdom is yet to come. Thy kingdom come. It hasn't come yet, though. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us also therewith be content. Right. And they that be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful, hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Man, he names out like 
six fruits of the Spirit right there, the nine. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. All these are fruits of the Spirit of walking with Jesus. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickened all things and before Christ Jesus who was before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potent, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us all richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they do rich in good works, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. It's right there which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. Thank you guys for reading the Bible with us this morning. I pray that it's encouraging. I pray that um, you guys are able to uh, get a better understanding for yourselves because James says that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God um, who giveth uh, faithfully and upbraideth not. You know, but let that man ask in faith and nothing wavering, for a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let not that man think he will receive anything of the Lord. It's got to be your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, your strength, all of it. And, you know, David said in Psalms, he said, Thy word, O Lord, have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And that is what we are called to do as well. And if we can... Um, Give it an honest discipline to read this Bible every day, to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ, for he is worthy. There's no argument there that the Lord is worthy of our complete, utter devotion and uh, kneeling in submission in all things. Um, And the more we do this, um, the living God will continue to prune us, mold us, and guide us into the sanctification of the church of God. And as we grow in love with each other, it gets easier and it gets easier. Because this thing is simple, but it's not easy. Um, And the problem about it not being easy is we just let our flesh kind of run amok sometimes. And our flesh is what keeps us from fully submitting to the living God. But hey, go with God. Walk humbly with your God today. Um, And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, I'll close you guys out with prayer. Father God, we humbly come before you and I praise you and thank you for giving us another day to get it right for tomorrow is not promised. All we have is today. Let us use the time that we have today, Father, to bring you glory, to grow this kingdom and tell people and preach in season and out of season. Lord, let us speak the word of God and not our own words. Let us not be puffed up and prideful and think ourselves above that which is written, Father. For we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your son Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. See you guys tomorrow. Walk humbly with your God.